Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes, from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I am beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday, and we are so glad that you're here, that you're listening with us today. And we have back with us again, Pastor Jason Britt. Welcome to Beyond Sunday once again. Thank you, Angela. Good to be back hanging on Beyond Sunday, Bethlehem Church. It's this time three or four for me. I, I think I the, it's more I, than that. Okay, <laughs> but it's been good. It's been good. I've learned every time. Let's uh, let's do it. All right. We have been kicking around the idea for this series, the formula, yeah. for a while now, and uh, since last year, since during quarantine. Sure. Right. It was kind of going to come out probably last year, and then we control alt delete when <laughs> we had to shift, pivot, yes, do, yes, do other it. things. Yep. So talk about the inspiration for this series and the idea behind it. Yeah, we are conditioned day in and day out, both overtly and subtly that, and what I mean by conditioned is we don't even realize it, but in a ton of way, think this way or think these things or have this view or interpret life through this grid or paradigm. Mm -hmm. So what mm -hmm. do I mean by that is just the you know, more I've seen even in my own life and in conversations with people, there seems to be like a mathematic equation or formulas unspoken mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that uh, if you do this A and this B, then you will get this C. Right. So kind of a formula, if you're a mathematician, equation, science, mix this and this. So if you want to be loved, then do this and this and you will be lovable. Right. If you want to find purpose, do this and this and you will be find purpose. If you want to find happiness, do this. And it's very much uh, unspoken, yeah. like, like society, media, entertainment, secular. It doesn't come out and say, here's the formula for life. But what I found is the last 20 years, again, starting in college, coming into ministry and student ministry, doing college ministry, working with adults and small groups and now being a senior pastor is we have this sense that what our culture has been doing to the Christian faith is a deconstruction. Mm. Uh, and so by deconstructing, it's critically and analytically and piece by piece, not all at once, but deconstructing uh, the idea of absolute truth, mm. deconstructing the idea of uh, the ethics or or the life or righteousness or the idea of even scripture as our foundation. So there's all, this has been an ongoing thing. It's talked a lot about academic communities, but I've always said, and the more I begin to talk to young communicators, and one of the things, probably could do a good podcast on my philosophy of preaching at some point, not yeah. that anybody cares out there. We do, but no, we care. But one of the things I think is I want to apply the same principles our culture is doing to us. I think the Christians need to turn around and deconstruct hmm. the the formulas uh, and the hollowness that our society is trying to build out as life. 
So our society, we, we've been in this project of deconstructing any type of institution or any type of absolute, mm-hmm. uh, any type of foundation of truth. Mm-hmm. We've been in a all-out quest that's only been enhanced with technology and connection to deconstruct okay. the Christian worldview. The idea of the formulas, all I'm doing is trying to turn that back around and deconstruct some of the hollowness of what our culture lays out when it comes to purpose and meaning, because it's what everybody struggle with, and we'll get there in a second. Mm -hmm. But the answer, if you will, I heard somebody says is um, society uh, kind of both gives us the disease and then offers us the cure, but the cure isn't the disease. Hmm. You know, it's just interesting. I remember saying that that this quest for long and mean that we try to kind of simplify it to, well, if you do this and this or and, and this is just me trying to deconstruct some of the faulty ways yeah. that we are told to construct our life or what will make us happy or what will give us purpose. That's what I'd call it, the yeah. formula. It's just kind of a deconstruction. What the world does to us, I'm trying to flip around and do to the world's principles when it comes to life, to meaning, to purpose, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Yes. To work. So would we you just say, talked about that. Right. So w- would you say that we have these formulas almost, and you've talked about this before in many of your messages, that we like a sense of predictability. Very much. And we want that dependability. So if you if we have these formulas, if we do this plus this, then yes. we're guaranteed a success or some kind of achievement. Yeah, that, that that's the ultimate thing. Yeah, just the idea of if I have this in my life and then you add in this, then I will get purpose. Right. If I... Uh, marry the right person and have the right house. So, and we'll get to what we talked about, the kind of the premise of it. But if I get to chase all the freedom I want, I'll somehow find my meaning in the chasing Mm -hmm. and pursuit of freedom. Mm -hmm. And then everybody's getting to do that. So that's the idea of all these things we jumble together and go, this this is what will get you there. Right. Um, And it's ultimately individualism and the supremacy of uh, human, the, the end of, that's what, yes, that's yeah. what it is. But I'm just trying to go, there's a lot of faulty thinking. We don't ever, we just do, we live, we breathe, we see, we entertain ourselves with, and then we find it in our life and we go, why am I so disappointed? Because we've bought into a formula that's hollow. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. hollow. That's the idea. Yeah. So you said that the whole of your life matters to God. In week one, you yeah. said the whole of your life matters to God, both where you have come from and where you are going. Yeah. So talk about how we have this or why we have this tendency to compartmentalize and why this concept of all my whole life, all of my life, all that I am is so tough for us to grab hold of. So purpose and meaning is not about one aspect of our life. It's about the whole of our life. Mm-hmm. So life is multidimensional and multifaceted. So that's why we compartmentalize. I do it. You do it mm-hmm. because we are people who live in different seasons. And and we also are people that different people need different things from us. So, right. you know, I have kids and they need dad, but I'm also the church's pastor. And I'm also, uh, there are those that I employ. So mm-hmm. I'm both a boss I am both a father, I am a husband, and I am a pastor. Right. And those things sometimes require the same, but they always require different things of me. The problem, and that's just one example, we're multifaceted, sure. multidimensional. We wear many hats. Many hats. Yep. So in our mind, we, we compartmentalize not just based on the many hats we wear, but the different ways we're being fooled and the daily schedule, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And all the different things. So um, we begin to just compartmentalize. The problem is, is when I do that, 
I miss that all of my life matters to God because here's what I do, Angela. And tell me if you've not done this. Okay. I'm sure you have. We create in our mind secular and sacred. Yes. You know, we create, well, this is sacred. So I know there's a spiritual aspect to me being a father and my kids, mm -hmm. but then my money is more secular and it's kind of my... Right? Right. Or, or my job's not really ministry, and so my service yes. at the church is ministry. Right. Somebody that just comes here, somebody that's just a follower of Christ, and just like, hey, man, I love Jesus, but my job's my job. My faith plays out at church. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we have different aspects and compartmentalization. Uh, and I think God's, uh, what begins to happen then is we invite God into certain things, but not everything. Yes. Yeah, that's and true. there's many people riding, true. working out, mm -hmm. you know, on you're riding down the road. We all have been guilty of we invite God into certain things, but not always all things. Right. And so, why are there certain things that seem to matter and certain things that seem to be because all of life matters to God, but compartmentalizing helps us go back to what you said, control or have predictability right. in our minds. But here's what I would say: it also helps us grand scheme of things determine what we surrender and what we keep. So it's a little bit of idolatry, would you say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. On, on uh, that's a whole different podcast, but that that you know, and so I think that's why yeah. we schedule. I mean, I have a you've got a calendar, I've got a calendar. Mm -hmm. Everybody listening here's got a calendar. We have reminders. We have kids, or we have jobs, or we have right. responsibilities. So that's part of it, right? Uh, and the other part of it is there there that easy be, that easily becomes sacred and secular divides, right? Uh, but then when we say, well, this is spiritual and this is not, what happens is this can belong to God, but this can't. Right, right. So give us, give us an example, like, you know, this part of my life belongs to God, but my money doesn't. Yeah, that'd be yeah. an example. So, yeah. so, so, I want my kids to walk with God. A lot of people listening here have young kids. Mm -hmm. uh, one a day. So, no doubt, my family, my direct people that I'm in a relationship with, I, that I believe there's a spiritual aspect to that. Right. But I mean, you know, money's just money, and I mean, I give when I can, but it's not really spiritual. Mm -hmm. It's just, the, you know what I mean. And right. so, we're able to ultimately. What you're saying is, if if is this belong? We love. I surrender all. I grew up with old hymn, I Surrender All, yeah. which is, I surrender, I, you know, I've always interpreted Jason's mind practically, I surrender all I want to today. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's great then, right. I surrender, you know, there's the old, and we'd sing that over and over again, but we uh, practically, Jason has a tendency, and what I find is Christ followers, we have a tendency, I surrender all that I want to today. Right. That's good. You know. That's good. And so then the quest for purpose keeps going on because it's not just a piece of life. Mm -hmm. It's the whole of life. Okay. So you said that, uh, I love that you brought this in in week one. You talked about how Jesus asked the disciples, what are you seeking? His first words in the Gospel of John. Yes. And then later in, in our 21st century, Simon Sinek. Yep. Start with why, uh, Ted with Talk. Why, yep. Ted Talk. You talked about how it's the third most downloaded Ted, yeah. Ted Talk or watched I mean, Ted maybe Talk. Maybe even more now, last time I looked. Right. And then 20 years ago, Rick Warren wrote about... So I gave, I gave something yeah. to the boomers and something to the millennials right there. <laughs> good generational... Rick Warren to boomer, Simon Sinek to, gen, to millennial Gen Z. Yes, Keep going. good material yes. for all the generations. That's right. That was a little bit of that. So, and that, what that communicated is that no matter where, how old you are, no matter where where you're from, we are all of us deep down looking for significance and purpose and meaning. So what are the most common pitfalls or false roads to finding purpose and meaning in all your years yeah. of pastoring people that you've seen? Like what trips us up the most? 
Well, I think it's it's universal, and we have to remember we're not the first generation, nor will we be the last to ask this. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a human question, and so when when you sent me the question, I thought about like I was sitting there typing uh, my me- I was writing message, and then I got finished, and I was kind of looking at these questions for today, and I'm sitting next to my five year old lab, Lucy. Mm-hmm. My dog, Lucy, exists, and she's glad to. Mm-hmm. She doesn't think deeply about much. What her purpose is. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> animals just don't, you know? Right. Uh, and, and the in the creation story, the creation narrative, Genesis 1 and 2, humans are the pinnacle of God's creation. And the Scripture says He's well-pleased with us, mm-hmm. which means we're different by design because we're created in His image. Mm. God creates all things, but not all things are created in the image of God. And here's what that means. Mm. There's a distinct difference. There's a longing and a desire and a search for meaning and purpose that's wired into us, and it's universal. Right. It's all, you know, and it looks different. So Warren's book was spiritual. Rick Warren's book 20 years ago was spiritual. Started with the first line, like that. What was famous about the book is the first line out of the gate in Purpose Driven Life is, life's not about you. Mm. That's the first line. Mm. Life's not about you. Yeah. Cynic's talk is geared toward leaders, innovators, and entrepreneurs, but he makes the contention people aren't motivated about what your thing does. They're drawn into and inspired by why what you do matters. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. The people are drawn into why what you are doing or the why of your product or the why of your company or the why of your idea, right. how it makes the world a better place. Mm-hmm. And why, why, sh- in- why should I use it? Right? Why yeah. inspire? Yeah. So yeah. for you, know, why should I use this? Not mm-hmm. what does it do, but why should I use this? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So why inspires more of action? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Warren's ultimate argument was the beginning with the premise that m- there's more to purpose in life than you. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So right. why that those are again different audiences, but very similar. And truthfully, why am I here? What are you seeking? It's a philosophical philosophy question that plays out practically everywhere. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of reasons we struggle with it. Uh, go back to January and February. It's one because we have an enemy, right? Who doesn't want us to live on purpose yes. or believe you have a purpose? Yes. You know, why do we struggle with purpose? Because shame and regret plague us and make us feel like maybe we had a purpose, but we don't anymore. Right. Why do we struggle with purpose? It's because the culture of comparison. Mm. You know, we're always living in. And I mean, is that the life I want? Is that the life I should be living? They look like they're having a lot better time. They Mm -hmm. look, uh, I think there's also different levels of success and achievement. Right. So my first job, I can remember out of college, it was like, $22,000. $22,000. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> it was a big deal. Yeah. Well, right. now you're 42 and you're like, I probably need a little bit more than that to have a wife and three kids. And right. so your level of success, if you will, or what you need changes. And so then mm-hmm. does that make sense? So then sure. purpose and meaning and, 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 and here's what I would say in, 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 because I'd say it like this, I think there's a difference between chasing your purpose and living on purpose. Mm. Right, like there's a difference, and and our society sets up you chase your purpose down, and as followers of Jesus, you live on purpose. Mm. 
Right, mm-hmm. you live on purpose. Right, live and on purpose. And that's kind of what we said in John one. So when Jesus looks at those first disciples, mm-hmm. what are you seeking? Mm-hmm. He's trying to connect the deep desires of their heart, and that everybody's seeking, mm-hmm. that it finds its roots in Him. Right. That you right. can find what you're looking for, but it's going to spring out of a relationship yes. with God through Christ. Living on purpose for a purpose that He created you for. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that's what I would say is the difference. If we can be real succinct is chase purpose or live on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Chase purpose or you you chase purpose somewhere mm-hmm. or you live on purpose right here. Right. Type thing. Right. So back to the formula or the equation that you gave us, unlimited freedom plus lack of meaning equals disappointed life. Let's talk about that. Let's unpack that equation. Yeah. So I heard somebody say, and I remember it, this was probably around Christmas on a elliptical. Um, I was, you know, not running. It was cold. So I'm doing elliptical and I forget who it was, but I remember him saying, we don't have abundance. We have super abundance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was we don't have abundance in our, in our time, in right. our society. We have super abundance. And I, I remember back to, um, there's an old comedian. I think he's disgraced now. I'm not going to mention his name, but he did a whole bit on everything is awesome and nobody's happy. Right. And he makes this comparison between back in the day when you would have to call and, you know, you'd dial the phone and you'd have to leave a message and you would have to wait. And now within an instant, you can send a message in a second. It goes and hits a satellite and then shows up on somebody. He does this whole bit <laughs> on how everything's gotten so much faster. Yeah. And, and, that, and this has been in 20 years, but yet everybody's still miserable. Right. And I've always thought that. And so, so uh, that was a funny bit. But even in COVID, even this last year. So what do you mean? Super abundance is not as we have more i would define soup we have super months we have more options choices awareness information and opportunities than we can actually handle mm-hmm. it's overwhelming yes yeah that's what I, so that that's kind of the premise of going that's the we have the ability even though we maybe not could do everything or go somewhere without a mask or enter a store without maybe there were certain restrictions right right but still compared mm-hmm Mm-hmm. You know, we still had a ton of options and choices and opportunities and un- unlimited freedom, though, is the idea is that we still need more. Right. And right. anything that constrains us is the problem. And it's never enough. Yeah. So if you're going to put a label on me, mm-hmm. if you're going to if you're going to uh, put a. You know, uh, this institution is going to tell me who I'm being my school, my parent, my boss. Right, all the way through. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even mind. Obviously, you guys have picked up even in the sexuality conversation. Yep. It's just absurd. Yes. Absurd. Free of any it, kind any, of boundaries. Any type of like, you can't, I mean, it, it's literally nonsensical. Right. All the different things that we are pressing in. Well, you, it's, it's unbelievable, but it's the, uh, we keep doing this because even though now we go, they're right, you're right, we need to as a society, take off boundaries, take off limits. Restraints. Everybody's still miserable. Yep. Why? Yep. Chasing freedom for freedom's sake will not get you anywhere. That's good. Right. Yeah. It just That'll won't. tweet. Yeah, I'll tweet. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you got teenage girls. I, yep. I've got middle school. Uh, you, uh, your son and my son, same age, yep. and our daughter's the same age, and you have two older ones. Mm-hmm. But, l- l- you know, 42, I'm not old. I'm on the backside of Gen X. You and I are backside of Gen X, right? Yes. You're a few years older. So, yep. um, I mean, 
you know, think of the FOMO mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. the YOLO, fear of missing out or right. you only live once. Right. So many are faced with, in our, it's the, uh, the increased amount of choices available to uh, this generation, which now includes us. Mm-hmm. It's, we think it's liberating, but I find that it's paralyzing. Mm. Yeah. So worrying that if I do this, then it may may exclude me from the benefit of doing this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what begins to happen is we seem to think there's this certain perfect life path and everything will line up as long as I make the right choice. Right. Right. Or that you only live once. So if I do this, then I'm I'm not going to get to do that. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many. I mean, I, I, the talk on work, I couldn't get everything in. And I remember uh, by the age of 25 to 34, most people have had seven different jobs. Hmm. Now, I tell only our staff seven? all the time. Only seven. <laughs> I tell our staff all the time, this is a little freebie here. Okay. It's not biblical. But I do think, uh, you know, in your 20s, I tell our staff this all the time. Nobody's paying attention to you. You're in your 20s. Right. And so learn, mm-hmm. get experience, mm-hmm. be around different things. By the time you're in your 30s, you need to start figuring out what you're good at because by the time you're 40, you want to be an expert at it yeah. or the world yeah. will leave you behind. Now, Jesus didn't say that. Right. But Jason tells his young staff that all the time. <laughs> right. You know, that 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 stop trying to, uh, at 25, think, you know, so I do mm-hmm. think there's a lot of free. Don't get me wrong. I think options and choices and freedoms. I think that's a blessing. Sure. But I think oftentimes we think we get sucked into being paralyzed because there's so many, and that's just another extension yeah. of how. So we do it all the time, right. and, and so. I wrote this down. We cannot escape from the promise we can have it all. That's where we live. Mm-hmm. You can't escape. The mm-hmm. promise of our culture is we can have it all. But the thing that we feel in our search for purpose in the midst of that is we also can't escape the truth that we can't have it all. Right. So the promise we can have it all, but the truth is the reality is you can't have it all. Right. Have you ever noticed, too, like I've seen this a lot with, you know, uh, even in myself, but especially with kind of the younger generations, they they like to keep their options open. That's exactly right. Right. They yeah. don't want to make a commitment because they want to keep their options open. I see so, my kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, ah, if, I, if I decide to invite this friend, then I can't invite this right. friend. Right. It's like they're paralyzed by opportunity costs. They know that if they pick this thing here, they're going to miss out over here, yes. right? And but, but I think we, we can see that in our, but it's in us too. Yes, absolutely. It's in For us sure. too. But as we get older, we're like, man, we don't have much time left. No, we we no. you know that we have to make commitments and make decisions because that's where I I think that's where you know we we experience the most blessing. Yeah, and so un and so my argument would be then in that equation is mm-hmm. unlimited freedom is the promise of that in that you will find the real you. Right. But the really the the reality is you're really confused. Mm. You know what I mean? You're <laughs> really good. confused. And so right. we have a very confused because the problem is not we're dying for freedom. Right. No. We got it. <laughs> the problem is we're miserable because we're confused because we have so many options and choices. Right. And and that's me. That That's the idea of trying to deconstruct your problems, not you need more freedom and less constraint. Right. Meaning and purpose is sometimes found. It's not sometimes. It's biblically found in a surrendered will, not a free will. Mm, yes, it's a. It's like the old saying, like you, you know, you give somebody too much rope, they're going to hang themselves. Sure, kind of that sure. that idea. So okay, so let's wrap this up sure. and talk about kind of in summary. What is the answer if people really understood how much God loves them? and that he created them with intention and with purpose and meaning in mind, does following Jesus answer the question, why am I here? Yeah, if 
if there's a creator, yes, if our God is creator, mm-hmm. again, this is biblical worldview. Sure. If our God is creator and the biblical narrative that sin entered the world, and so we are fallen and broken, mm. but we were originally created for a relationship with God. I love the Westminster Catechism. The first thing, what is the chief end of men? Hmm. What is the chief end of women? Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Mm-hmm. That what we're going to be doing eternally, which means the rest of our lives, Jason won't be preaching. Right. You know, I won't be preaching the rest of my life. Mm. You know what I mean? You won't be creating the rest of your life. Right. Right. You won't be a mom the rest of your life. Right. I won't be a dad. Eternally, we will enjoy God. We will be glorifying God and enjoying Him forever. Mm. Enjoying. So mm-hmm. in that, that gives me purpose in this life in relationships because if that's my chief end eternally, I was created for a relationship with God to enjoy God, uh, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, then I think there's a lot of options in what I do uh, professionally. Yeah. I think there's a lot of options in, um, you know, choices. And I think there's a lot of, uh, in what I'm involved in. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of purpose in relationships in my life because I can glorify God and enjoy Him forever relationally. I can do it in my job. I can yep. do it in my work. I can do it in my family. Right. That God's not in, I said this the first week, God's not looking for mindless robots to sit down, shut up, and follow Him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be fully you yeah. the way He created you, but be fully invested in believing and living out the fact that the purpose of God is for you to live in a relationship with Him, glorify Him, and enjoy Him forever. And that affects all parts of your mm-hmm. life. Sometimes... Uh, the most enjoyable thing, and I always, you know, eating a good meal, man, you can glorify God. What does Paul say? Whatever you eat or drink, Amen. eating a good steak, yes, eating a good, I don't know what you like, sushi, right. Mexican food. I don't know, but I don't know how you can glorify God eating a veggie burger, but that's for another podcast. That's for the uh, vegetarians who are listening. That's right. That's right. That's for them. That's for them. But I, I, that's why I think there's a lot more freedom knowing that deep down purpose is glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Yes. And there's a lot of options and there's a lot of freedom in that. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to restrict us. That's meant to propel us. And I would argue that you are never fully yourself and who God created you to be unless you are finding your identity and your purpose and meaning in Him. Yes. You are most yourself when you are surrendered and you find yourself in Him. 100%. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. No doubt. So that'd be my the purpose. I think if it's like, I need one life purpose statement. Mm. I've always come back to man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. God That's so good. loved the world, He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That means that God did not send His Son into this world to condemn it, but so that we may have life through him. And life to the full, right? Abundant life. Awesome. Well, Pastor Jason, thank you so much for your time and for unpacking the formula, unpacking this equation. This could go for weeks and months. It can't, obviously, because we're leading to Easter and then I'm going to teach through some of the book of Romans after Easter. But uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks again. Thank you guys for listening.